This is the Country Sport Breakfast with Brian Kelly on Gold Sport. Joining us out of the press gallery, News Talk ZB's deputy political editor, Jason Walls. Morning, Jason. Good morning. How are we? Very well, thank you. I suppose the big talking point today, and we knew it was coming, but it seemed to be dropped on us very, very suddenly on Tuesday. Trevor Mallard, gone. Gone. <laughs> That's right. We knew that he was leaving, but we yeah. didn't know when, and we kind of got word of it um, late on Tuesday afternoon. So we went to air with the story, and then, of course, um, a couple of hours later, the statement came saying that he was bound for Ireland to be their um, New Zealand ambassador to Ireland, and Adrian Ruave would be confirmed as the next speaker the next day. And he was confirmed basically unanimously, um, which was great because it's good to have a little bit of... um, you know, agreement when it comes to the speaker. The Nats really like him. Um, Labour obviously do as well, but it wasn't without drama. Basically what happens is when the speaker is confirmed, every party leader gets a little speech to say congratulations, essentially. Mm. And so after every party leader stood up, um, Ruafi took a call from, you'll never guess, um, Gurav Sharma, who is now an independent MP. So he was sitting at the back of the chamber and stood up, and you could cut the tension with a knife. I mean, if people weren't wearing masks, you would have seen jaws (laughs) drop across the entire chamber because it was just, you know, we all kind of thought in the back of our minds it could happen. Like, technically, this is a thing that could, but we just didn't expect it to. So he stands up and kind of makes a bit of a joke about how Ruafi could be an independent MP because of the way that he was talking about making things more um, robust in the House. Then he started to have a go at Trevor Mallard and using the privilege of the House, um, that is, he can't be called out for defamation, um, he started making allegations about how he went to Trevor Mallard's office and tried to tell them about the issues he was having. And um, Trevor Mallard, he says that Trevor Mallard told him that if he did that and if he tried to get legal help, Um, That would be the end of his career as a Labour politician. Now, as he was saying this, Trevor Mallard was sitting pretty much right next to him in the seat. There was only one vacant seat between the two of them, and you could see him visibly uncomfortable. And towards the end of the speech, Trevor Mallard actually moved a further seat over, obviously very upset. Now, at the end of his speech, um, Trevor Mallard basically made a beeline to um, Chris Hipkins, who's the leader of the House. And from where I was standing... In the press gallery, looking down, they looked to be having a very heated conversation, and Trevor Mallard was quite upset, to the point where Jacinda Ardern had to actually come over and kind of pat him on the shoulder to say sort of, it's all right, Uh. don't worry about it sort of thing. So he was furious. So it was an extremely eventful swearing-in ceremony of um, the new speaker in the house that day. You couldn't buy tickets for that thing. That's the best show in town. (laughs) Oh, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. (laughs) And then the first thing virtually that the new speaker did was uh, apologise to Winston Peters for being, uh, what was it, uh, trespassed um, over the protests in the grounds of Parliament. Yeah, well, it it, it was a very confusing statement because it came from the office of the speaker, and the speaker is Adrian Ruafe, mm. but this statement was authorized by Trevor Mallard. So essentially, it was a statement from <laughs> Trevor Mallard, but it wasn't sent while he was in office. So it, it had to be Ruafi's basically first act in office was to send out an apology to Winston Peters on behalf of his predecessor. Now, I'm still not sure why Trevor Mallard couldn't have sent it um, a couple of days ago or why it had to be yesterday, but one man who was claiming victory was Winston Peters, who said it was a victory 
for everybody in New Zealand. And he said that the original trespass notice was against the Bill of Rights. Now, um, Winston Peters had taken court action against this, even though the decision to trespass him from Parliament was overturned. But um, I'll tell you what, it was another twist in an already very twisty story. Oh, absolutely. Meantime, outside the doors of the House, uh, Brian Tamaki's lot were there holding a mock court and they, they disappeared. Thankfully, there were no major protests. I guess everybody in Wellington and around Parliament breathed a sigh of relief over that one. Yeah, and I think you have to give them a bit of credit because they came and they did what they said they were going to do and they left. There was a lot of people that were worried about residual mm. protesters hanging around and causing a bit of trouble. But to their credit, that's not what happened. And you were allowed to protest outside Parliament, right? You're allowed to be out there. You're allowed to say whatever you want. If you want to hold mock court trials, you can hold mock court trials. There was a group there called anti-fascism that were countering their protest, but there wasn't fascism. You're allowed to you're allowed to oppose the government without being called fascist, I think. But anyway, he put together a, a group um, of political parties. There's a number of smaller political parties, and he wants to do what the Alliance Party did back in the day and kind of unite them under one umbrella. And that hit that hit some rocky ground the next day where the Outdoors Party, who were thought to be in this umbrella, said, hang on a second, we haven't signed up to this. This isn't something that we wanted to do. And very quickly, um, the ACT Party said that they would just never work with somebody like Brian Tamaki. Um, unfortunately, National didn't actually come out and say that they wouldn't work with them. He didn't rule it out. Basically, he said, read between the lines. They're not going to get 5%. Our values don't align. But he didn't actually explicitly say he wouldn't work with them. But he won't. You know, I would mm. eat my hat if A, this fringe umbrella party got 5%, and B, the National Party were open to working with them. But he didn't come, come quite out and say it. And I'd be interested to see what his political tactics for leaving that door if not completely slammed closed, even slightly a little bit ajar. There's never a dull moment where you work, Jason. Always great to chat, mate. Thank you so much. Thanks, mate. One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to The Parenting Hangover. It's not scary at all. If she thinks, man, I've had a shit Mother's Day, it's not on me, okay? You're not my mum. That's the kids. The kids should have been best behaviour, and they chose not to, okay? Yeah. They chose to give you crappy presents. They chose to complain <laughs> at the nice breakfast we made. I'm just there, I'm helping, yeah. but it's, sorry, mate. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.